20th. Here, Shar. Here's a book that we're actually kind of using for this series. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is a swear word in our American culture. Can you catch? I don't, Grady, you can, no, I'm going to give it to her because you, you know what will happen. Shar will go to grab it and I'll miss her and I'll hit her with it. But hey, good morning and welcome to uh, Crossroads. As Nate said, those with us online and those here in person, thanks for braving the snow. Enough, Jesus, I love you, but seriously, enough? Everybody keeps telling us, 200% in the the snow resort. I'm like, that needs to stop. And then you get all the people like, but we need as much water as possible. I'm like, yeah, above 4,500 feet. Hello, okay. Hey, but thanks for joining us. My name's Rob, one of the pastors here. I I get to walk us into our new series um, entitled, or kind of titled Unhurried, um, which in today's culture, especially Western culture, seems like a word from a foreign language, to be honest. You, you ask most people, hey, how's things going? And a high percentage of people will just say things like, really, 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 really busy. Like it's a badge of honor. <laughs> like we're supposed to do that. When reality is, it's actually a hole in our bucket. We're so busy, 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 busy. And it's like this kind of, this is what's expected of us. And this is what we're supposed to do. So in lieu of that, in a minute here, we're going to start with a discipline together. Hopefully, you can practice it this year if you want to or not, but I do it on a daily basis for me because it helps me with the whole idea of not being hurried. It's one of the biggest kind of things, I think, that gets us to a place where it allows us to be everything that Jesus has called us to be. It's practice that habit that can help you with the goal of living life from a less hurried or over-busy over place. It's never one big step that gets us to a less hurried lifestyle. It's us consistently taking lots of little ones. What's the little one you could take at the start of 2023? At the end of 2023, you wouldn't be where you're at at the end of 2022. That things would be different when you get there. So why? Because healthy disciples, Christians or Christ followers, do consistently what other people do occasionally. We'll do it occasionally because we feel like, oh, that's a, we heard a good message. Something happens. We, yeah, I should do that. And like, who, who's, no, I won't do that. Yeah, who, 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 who promised to go to the gym in January this year? You're, like, there's a bunch of liars in this room. Like, seriously, there was two of us? Yeah, it's okay. Like, be proud that you're a liar, okay? <laughs> who, who said, I'm going to start a good habit in January, go to the gym? Is it just me or is it like, okay, now, we're, now Jesus is moving in the room, okay? And it's March, and you failed. Well, I did. I didn't even get there. I said, I'll try and do it January 1st, and January 10th came, and February 1st came, and March 12th came, and the gym and I still haven't associated ourselves with one another. Now, we'll eventually get there, probably when I get to heaven, but this whole idea is there's things that some people do consistently that other people just do occasionally. So here's a simple step we can take today. It's one of the monastic disciplines they call it. It's called silence. Some people use words like daily offices. Some people use words like intentional pauses. Some people use, I think really cool, like Sabbath moments is what some people call them. It's simple. Focus on this question. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me this morning? And what do you want to do through my life? today. 
Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Because he wants to speak to you. I hope I can encourage you. I hope I make sense of something. I hope you get something out of some of this. But it's never about this person. It's always about that person. These people here will do their very best to encourage you. These people here will do their very best to be word-based and use God's word and all that sort of stuff. But it's never about these people who really get you to kind of respond. It's the Holy Spirit getting into our life and into our journey and into our time and into our space. So we'll just sit here in a second. Please, if, you get, if you're an ADD like me, okay, just bite your lip for two minutes and don't pinch the person next to you, okay? Close your eyes in a second. I'm just going to ask my friend, hey, Siri, set a two-minute timer. I want you to go quiet for two minutes and just talk to Jesus about those three questions. culture just doesn't encourage us to just be quiet for a moment, to stop all the noise. A friend of mine, Thomas, actually uses breath, breathing exercises as he gets prepped for big meetings and big situations. He literally pulls himself away, quiets himself down, and, and literally breathes into bringing peace into sometimes peaceless environments. We get so into, has to be done, it has to happen. Why? Why? Why practice silence? Why slow down? Why discover and understand the problem with hurry? Because we want to experience the life of Jesus, which I think everyone who calls himself a disciple or Christian or a follower of Jesus would say absolutely yes to. Then we have to pursue and choose wholeheartedly to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. See, Jesus practiced silence and solitude on a constant basis in the midst of a busy life. In the midst of a busy life, he practiced 
solitude, silence, pulling away, refocusing, whatever you want to use back when things were important. Why reduce and eliminate hurry and a frenzied lifestyle? Because we cannot experience intimacy with anyone, least of all Jesus, while living in a state of frenzy. Cannot experience intimacy with Jesus. Why is there a problem with hurry? Because you cannot experience intimacy living a lifestyle of frenzy, running from one thing to the next with no margin. See, a hurried, marginless lifestyle does not equal intimacy. And everybody's after intimacy. Everybody. Everybody wants to experience the dynamic power and the life that we find in intimate relationships. And the most powerful one is one with Jesus. There's a time and a place to get things done. Absolutely. So learning how to prioritize the best things, well, that's a whole different way of thinking and living. So often good things can be the biggest enemy of the best things. What do I mean by that? Would you put the first picture up, Joe? See, it's filled from the top, not from the bottom. To be able to fill all the glasses, you have to start with the glass that's most important. Yet in our Western culture, with all due respect to all of us in the room, please forgive me, we all start down here with all the list of things in our life. And I fill them individually when reality is, the problem is hurry is the right glass is not being filled first, you. Filling everybody else and justifying everybody else and please forgive me. Mom's in the room, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Your kids were never designed to be the first glass you fill. You were. Thank you, Mike. I'm sorry. Why do people feel disconnected? Because you fill the wrong glass first. Problem is, we're hurried doing everything else for everybody else. You forget to fill this glass. You. See, what we value, we should fill or prioritize first. Life should be based on an overflow, not leftovers. If we fill from the top down, they, they say it works, and I, I've tried it a couple of times, and it hasn't worked. But, but they say that if you get it right and you fill from the top glass, eventually every glass will get filled. But you have to fill through the first glass. You have to fill through the first person, you and I. Instead, so often because of hurry and over busyness, we, we tend to try to fill all the good stuff first, we second and third layers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here's a crazy thought. You cannot fill uphill, you only fill downhill. The whole problem with hurry is you're giving everything you have to everybody else and you have nothing left for you. And then church becomes boring and church becomes flat and I'm not hearing from God anymore and God's not speaking to me and God in this place and I better go somewhere I can hear God and he's like, hello, like I've been here all the time. I've been waiting for you and I to, to get kept so I can fill and refresh you, can fill other people. You're so hurried with everything. You missed the point. There's a lot of signposts throughout the Bible and they flash consistently at us to how to do that. And here's one that I think helps paint the picture. It's found in Luke 10. It says, as Jesus' disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to, her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, like, 
Hello, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset. I added this, distracted by many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better or essential right now. And it won't be taken from her. See, hurry and busyness are not something that happens to us, but rather it's actually a lifestyle that we adopt or place ourselves in, into. Someone doesn't make you embrace hurriness. We choose to embrace Hurryness. All you have to do is say what? No. <laughs> no. No, I, I need to fill my glass first. Well, no. No, I need to fill my glass first. No. Everybody, no, I need to fill my glass. It's easy to say no. See, it's a choice that we make. The frenzy that we get caught up in, the busyness, the hurriness, the overbusiness that we do, it's a choice we make. We, we make a choice to fill our life with no margin. We make a choice to run from pillar. We make a choice to, please forgive me. We, we make a choice to go, hey, and I've talked to people over the years, and I, I don't get it. They're like, hey, I work 90 hours a week. I'm like, oh, we good. How's your marriage? What's your kid's name? When was the last time you dated your wife, your husband? When was the last time you sat down with Jesus for a few minutes where you weren't just frenzied and rushing? I, I know we should work. I was chatting with Mike Second Cup. I think one of the greatest things Christians can do is go to work and be a good employer, employee. I mean, it's one of the most powerful things a Christian can do is go to your job and be the best employee. I mean, if you get paid 25 bucks an hour, how long should you work? An hour. But you know, in our culture, you can make someone work for 27 minutes or in that ballpark, 32. You can motivate someone to work for 47. You can choose to work for 60. But if we go full, we probably do that. But if we don't, we won't. See, Corey Ten Boom once said this. But if the devil can't make you sin, he'll just make you busy. Let's pray and go home. <laughs> if the, the devil can't make you sin, he'll just make you busy. He'll fill your schedule with everything. And the problem with hurry is it moves us away from intimacy. See, not always bad stuff, actually. Just anything he can use to distract us from the best and essential stuff. It's good stuff sometimes. It's, it's doing all this good stuff and all this stuff that needs to get done, and it's fantastic. It's impacting people, but you and I are living on empty, and hurry has become a problem. See, there's truth in that statement. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut us off from connecting with God to essential people and even to our own souls. John Orgberg said this, one of the greatest illusions of our time is that hurry will buy us more time. <laughs> Don't answer this, but how many people rush to a meeting to get there physically but emotionally not be connected? So for the first five or ten minutes, you're not there. You may be physically there, but emotionally you're still caught up in all that was happening. You're still rushing into the meeting, and, and you're there to be with somebody, but you're not really 
there. See, God's word and God's presence in our lives is like oxygen for our souls. When we cut it off, it's only a matter of time before we're gasping for air. God's word and God's presence. And this was great worship team. Thank you. And this is wonderful. And this is icing on the cake. But you can have this in your bathroom. You can have this in your bedroom. You can have this in your kitchen. You can have this in your car. You can have this walking out your parking lot. All you have to do is invite him to come and move in your situation. And he's promised to show up. See, the solution to an over-busy, hurried, frenzied, filled life is not more time. It's choosing carefully what you do with the time we have. I've looked at this before, but I love the concept. We all have 1,440 minutes deposited into our life bank account every single day. What we need to do is to slow down and simplify our lives around making the decision of what matters most in reference to your 1,440 minutes. I can't make you spend it on him. I think you should at least spend some of it on him. I can't cause you to go, hey, what's important? And if the picture was up there, if you wouldn't mind, Joe. Picture back up, please, buddy. No, not the video, Joe, the picture. I can't tell you this is the order. You have to choose that. I can't tell you you should prioritize you and Jesus and then your spouse. I can't tell you you should prioritize you and Jesus and your spouse and then your children. I can't tell you you should prioritize you and Jesus and you and your spouse and then your children and then overflow. I can't tell you that, but I will because you should. Honestly, I think that's why people are frustrated with church nowadays because these people here don't do enough to stimulate people. That's not my job. I'm sorry. My job's not to entertain you or be a really good communicator. I want to do it well so you can hear Jesus' heart. This is icing on the cake. This is kind of like God's already speaking to me. God's already filling me an individual. I've learned that there's a problem with her and I need to stop. I need to do something with the 1,440 minutes that Jesus has given me and allocate it in a fresh way. Because depend upon who you and I listen to, with help with what we should do with our time. It's either dad's natural rhythm or it's our cultured frenzy's rhythm. See, how destructive is hurry and over business? You tell me. Matthew 16 says this, for even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world at the cost of your own life, what good would it be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own very soul? See, our soul's health is found in our connectedness to Jesus. And I think when you read the story of Mary and Martha, Mary got it. I think Mary understood that whatever else was going to happen after this, whatever was coming down the pipe, whatever was going to unfold in my life, I think she understood that being as close to Jesus in this moment is the most important thing I can do. I can be close to him. So whatever he asks me to do, however this unfolds, I can step into it because He's called me to step into it. For example, what are some of the frustrations, or sorry, what are some of the frustrations I've heard over the years, okay, about people in troubled marriages, relationships, and friendships? Here's the one-liner. We don't know one another anymore. We're drifting apart. We don't know one another anymore. We're drifting 
apart. Why? Because we're not filling the glass that we should fill first. We're filling everybody else's glass. Over the next two weeks, we're going to pause and take a look at habits and choices that we all can adopt that can help us slow our life down to a pace that is healthy. Even outside of the idea of maybe understanding what a personal relationship with Jesus is all about, there's people who are asking questions and making songs. The remix of a popular 60s Motown hit by one of my favorite singers when I was young is this one. But, but even Phil understood it, right? I mean, set the church stuff aside, right? Even Phil understood you can. So why do we then? Why do we try to hurry love and intimacy? That is, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. It, even Phil was getting his groove down with it. They're trying to tell us something. And, and we'll listen to Phil because he has the dark glasses and the whole click and all that going. But someone says up here and it's all, oh, it's religious. No, there's a lot of people screaming that. The problem with hurry, busyness, is it's diluted intimacy and love. It's reduced it to something else. The philosopher Dallas Witter once called hurry the greatest enemy of spiritual growth in our day greatest enemy of spiritual growth in our day is hurry over busyness. Or you could say it this way, that hurry is one of the enemy's strategic weapons of mass distraction. That hurry, not sin, hurry. Can hurry be sinful? I guess. But a lot of hurry is not sinful. It's just an incredible strategic weapon that the enemy uses against you and I to draw us away from a place of intimacy. See, Jesus wants to live in the center of our lives. He wants to be Lord of our life. We have to slow down for that to take place. We've got to kind of... Anybody ever been to Kauai in the Americans, the other place? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I was European. I never realized Hawaii was part of America. <laughs> well, most don't even know where Belfast is, so be quiet, okay? <laughs> like somewhere over there. But Kauai, I've been privileged to go there one, a couple of times. Kauai is one of the coolest places in the world. Like the average speed limit is about 35 miles an hour. 
so you can't hurry. In fact, there's bridges you have to stop to let other people over, and you really discover your Christian faith when you're sitting at a bridge, and like, there's like 9,000 cars, and you're like, my turn. I need to go snorkeling. Come on. It tested your resolve of where hurry and the problem of it really sits in your life and in our culture. I say this respectfully. Please hear my heart. Many of us are just too busy <laughs> to live emotionally healthy and spiritually rich and vibrant Christian lives. You're just way too busy. Way, way too busy. Literally, you live on an empty and you run from pillar to post and you check the next box and you get the next thing done and you have to fit all this stuff in a day and there's like 54 things to do. Just running around. There's no time to slow down and really allow Jesus to wash over you. We rush from one thing to the next trying to find fullness and fulfillment only to find frustration. Please hear me. I, I, I guess I'm the pastor, the, the older guy. I'm the senior pastor. Okay. Um, I think it's the coolest thing in the world to serve Jesus. I think it's better to give than it is to receive, all that sort of stuff. But you have to do it from a place of overflow. You can't do it from a place of needing to check the box and get affirmed. It has to be that allowing God to overfill the glass and pouring into other people's lives. Downstairs this morning, there's a whole bunch of you are loving and caring for our kids with Caitlin. Thank you so much. Stop having babies, okay? Um, they're everywhere, Okay. <laughs> No, don't stop having babies. Go ahead, have babies. We need, but, but there's lots of you downstairs because your life is, over, is full, it's overflowing and blessing other people. There's people met you at the door, blessed you this morning. There's people upstairs blessing you. There's people on the worship team came with their gift because they're overflowing and they used it to bless you. So there's a place of blessing, but it has to be from a place of overflowing. Granted, there is that healthy kind of busyness where your life is full with things that matter. And by definition, Jesus himself was busy, to be honest. But the problem isn't that we have a lot to do. It's when you have too much to do. And the only way to keep the quota up is to hurry. And when we live a life driven by hurrying over busyness, we tend to drop the essentials and we get distracted by the important. This is not a marriage seminar. All those single, please forgive me. And the most powerful thing a Christian man can do for his wife is date her on a weekly, regular basis. One of the most powerful things that fills our life. That one of the most powerful things we do is be with Jesus individually and be with our spouse in a place of pouring into their life to allow Jesus to allow it to continue to overflow. See, Mary leaned into the essential first while Martha focused on the important. We, we simply cannot live with Jesus in this rhythm of his rhythm of life and live a frenzy-filled style of life. Why? Because intimacy isn't rushed, it's cultivated. Intimacy with the Savior, intimacy with my wife, Andrea, intimacy in my friendships, and I'm not being sexual, please hear me. It can't be rushed. It has to be cultivated, and it needs time, which means we have to stop living a hurried, over-busy, stressed, out-frenzied life. I mean, Bob, come join me a second, please, would you? Stop right there. 
Hi, Bob. That's the Western culture. That's the Western, the Jesus culture. Hey, Bob. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. That's the Jesus culture. It's not hurried. The Western culture. Hey, Jesus, why aren't you close? And he said, because I can't catch up with you. Like, seriously, I run a fast mile, but you're really good. Sadly, though, many of us are too busy to follow Jesus. Admire him? Absolutely, yes. Follow him? Absolutely, no. If hurry sickness, Kyle, I'll give you right here so you can get into those medical magazines. This will be Dr. Kyle Dunning, PhD, WD, whatever that is, okay? If hurry sickness isn't a medical diagnosis, it probably should be. Write a paper, you'll be, you'll be out there, you'll be all over the place. I mean, if hurry sickness isn't a medical diagnosis, it probably should be because people are sick with it. And this sounds like really self-serving. I, I love you guys. Like people say, like we finish church and people stay. Thank you. Thank you. That you would take a minute to go say hi to somebody. You would take a minute to, to shake someone's hand, to embrace somebody. You would take a minute to find out where somebody's at. It means the world to me that you do that. See, the enemy has tricked us into believing that it's okay to be a fan of Jesus and still experience the benefits of Jesus instead of being a follower of him. I'm sorry, it's not. Hurry and over busyness are so often the silent deliter of intimacy. Hurry and over busyness are so often the silent deliter of intimacy. In marriages, I loved you, but we don't love one another anymore. I don't know you anymore. We're growing apart. It's a silent deliter of intimacy. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, you don't understand. It's this glass that matters, not the ones down line. This is the one that he wants us to prioritize and put our focus on. See, if we're too busy for spiritual disciplines, I'm the pastor, rageilerantme.com, 801-695-7700. If we're too busy for spiritual disciplines, then sadly, we're simply too busy to be a disciple. If we're too busy to let the disciplines of what we need to become more like him and get closer to him, if we're too busy that, we're probably a good fan, just not probably moving towards being a disciple. For the sake of your relationship with Jesus, please, 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 don't let this be the only time you connect with Jesus. Please don't let Sunday morning be the only time you connect with Jesus. We'll do our very best. We'll, we'll be word-based and we'll hopefully be inspirational and encouraging and transparent. We'll do all that stuff. But please, please, please don't let this be the only time you connect with Jesus. Sorry for all the 
re lots of references to marriage, but they work so well for me in reference to this idea. If I only connected with Andrea once a week because of my life driven by hurrying over busyness, intimacy would not be a part of our relationship. And yet intimacy is essential for a healthy relationship to keep growing. If I just connected with Andrea for an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 if the Irishman goes long on a Sunday morning, if that's all I spent giving Andrea was an hour and a half once a week, we would not have a lifestyle of intimacy. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about closeness. Just talking about closeness, that we are close as a couple. And yet so often we're tricked into giving Jesus an hour and a half and then wondering why it doesn't work. Our team, and Adam oversees our collaboration team for me and does an amazing, amazing, amazing job. We'll do our very best to bless you. But if this is it, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I love Adam and I love our team, but if this is what it's restricted to and the hurry has taken over your life and that's the problem is your hurry, 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 fix. Hurry, 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 fix. Hurry, 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 fix. You're missing it. This fix will be the best because our team is amazing and they do their very best. They put so much in it, but if it's just a fix, you're missing out on being with him. See, intimacy, hurry, and over busyness are like oil and water. They just don't mix. Intimacy, hurry, and over busyness are like oil and water. They just don't mix. Intimacy has no place in a busy, busy, busy lifestyle, an over-busy lifestyle, a hurried life. It just doesn't. Intimacy is cultivated. It's not forced. All of my worst moments as a husband and a father, neighbor, or a friend, or when I was in a hurry, late for an appointment, behind on my unrealistic to-do list. Thank you, Andrea. Here's the, I need a therapy session for a second. Guys, help me. And this being honest, Andrea, be quiet, honey, please. Um, why, why is it? Now, why is it? You have a list with 13 things on it, right? And you do three, which I think is great, Brad. I think that's like really cool. Why is it when you come back to the list, there's 17 things on it? So here's my logic. Don't touch the list. Right, like, right. So if I don't want to go to seventeen, and just don't touch the list, because every time I do, it's like, why do you keep adding more things? And she says, "There's more things to do." I'm like, "I'm just not going to do them then." She's like, "Oh, really? You're going to go be with Jesus early?" <laughs> like, I, I crime. I, I try to cram too much into the day. Is when I lose it. I, I ooze frustration and. Tension and then relational blindness, which is the opposite of love. Because we're over busy and there's no margin. If real intimacy is what we're looking for, it's only finding the life that Jesus wants to have with us. Mary understood that intimacy was the right motivator and preparation for acts of service. So she chose intimacy first in preparation that intimacy was motivated from a heart of gratitude that helped create a right attitude. And attitude is everything. Sadly, if the truth be said, 
There's probably a little bit of Martha in all of us. I know there is in me. The pressure to do instead of just learning and enjoying the privilege of just being his kid. He's under so much pressure. The tension we live with is you keep inviting people. Thank you. And Easter's coming in a few weeks. I invite, invite a friend. And you keep inviting those people here this morning. We're invited. Thank you for doing it. People miss the time change because everybody should miss the time change. We should. Anybody think we shouldn't make a time change? Okay. Mr. President, are you listening? <laughs> Crossroads Church wants to help you out. Right? <laughs> Whatever it is, right? There, there's a real pressure to just stop just being his kid instead of just doing. For example, people in a rush don't have time to enter the goodness of the moment. In our culture, slow is so often seen as a negative. Like, for example, when someone has a low IQ, we dub them slow. When the service at a restaurant, you guys need to go to Europe because American restaurants are crazy. But when the service at a restaurant is lousy, we call it slow. When a movie is boring, again, we complain that it is slow. Case in point, Webster's definition for slow, mentally dull, stupid, naturally inert, sluggish, lacking in readiness, promptness, or willingness. The message is really clear. Slow is bad, fast is good. <laughs> but in Jesus' kingdom, our system is turned on its head Hurry is of the devil and slow is of Jesus. Because Jesus says things like this, and you'll hear about it over the next few weeks. Come away with me. Come sit with me. Come rest with me. Come find peace with me. Come pause with me. Come take a breath with me. Find refreshing in me, and we'll get to the activity. <laughs> But come away and slow down with me. See, hurrying over business are amazing at silencing the whispers of God in our lives. And how powerful are his whispers? They are more central than leadership. They are more fundamental than just Bible study. It is the living out, the dynamic, ongoing, mysterious, wonderful relationship with a living God in real time. Because if he whispered to you right now, you wouldn't hear another word I said. And I hope you wouldn't. If Jesus actually came right next to you and just whispered in your ear, in your heart right now, it would literally take your breath away. He would speak so deeply and prophetically into your heart that literally would catch your breath. See, if we could slow down enough to lean into the whispers of God, we would never again be controlled by the frenzy that so often drives us based in our culture. There's a reason people talk about walking with God instead of running. He just wants to walk with you and I on a daily basis. He wants to walk with you in a few minutes when you leave here and you get in your car and you go to lunch or whatever it is that you do. He just wants to be with you and associate himself with you, not running in a frenzy and, hey, what's the 15 things we have to do in the next three hours? So how do you get there? Where do you start? Well, the, the disciplines, habits of a disciple are essential if the desired goals to be achieved, to practice not being hurried, to discover there's a real problem with a hurried 
lifestyle. One is this. We have to prioritize slowing down just like Jesus did. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving. Where does that start? Would you get crazy and do this? Would you give him 1% of your allocated time, which is 14.4 minutes? Would you actually pause for 14.2 minutes a day and just be with Jesus? Invite him into your moment with you for 14.2 minutes a day is literally 1% of our allocated life account time that we went on a daily basis. If you want to get crazy, break it down into 7.2 minutes a day, one in the morning and one at night. Takes, no, I won't say that. It was bad. People spend more time than that in the bathroom. We do. But 1% would be 14.4 minutes a day. To be with him is a great place to start. What would you invest that time in? Something or so. I mean, if there was something you valued, you spend more than 14.2 minutes a day investing in it. Here's what you could do is time with him. Come talk to one of us. We can give you loads of Bibles or, or go to uversion.com online. Kind of pick a Bible, a Bible devotional and just spend some time with Jesus. Come talk to me afterwards. There's a whole bunch of, actually, there's actually books in the world that actually have paper that some people read. <laughs> and there's some of those I use called Day by Day. Literally takes about seven minutes each one to just pause and stop. Allow a pause in your life to not be heard, to just be with Jesus and let him speak over your life. It, it's simple. Jesus, you come take control of my life. You're going to have to slow down to let him. I don't know if this is comfortable, people. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head. I'm just going to ask you to keep your eyes open. I'd like to talk to you as a believer this morning. If you know as a believer you're living in a frenzy and a busy lifestyle and you know Jesus, we want you to slow it down. I want you to stand where you're at. Yeah, I know people got their eyes open. Who cares? And I look around the room, those who are standing. Look around the room, all those who are standing. No, seriously, look around the room and get a picture in your eye. No, because here's the thing. In a minute when you walk through those four doors, all hell is going to come against you to stop you from doing the commitment. You just feel God stirring in your heart. And these people standing with you are on your team. They have the same shirt, different number. They're on the same team, playing the same game, different position. Some moms standing, some young people standing, some married people standing, some single people standing, some older people standing, wiser people standing. They're all on your team. And when you step out there, I promise you, in a heartbeat, the enemy will come. Because if you give Jesus, if you were just to give Jesus 14.4 minutes a day, every single day for the rest of 23, I promise you on my life, 23 would literally blow your mind at what Jesus does in your life. Because I guarantee by the end of 23, it won't be 14.4 minutes you spent with him. You'll desperately want to be with him as much as possible because he'll get your attention. And the problem of hurry will start to go away that quick. Did I wet you? Did you get wet? Did I miss you? Good. Whew. Because here's the thing, Mike, I can't make my cup or your cup available to him. Only you can. I can't fill Mike's cup. 
I'd like to champion him. Only Jesus can. And Mike deciding, I have to get to a place where hurry stops moving in my life. There's a well-known mission statement from an incredible lady who runs our wellness center downstairs. It says this, be made well. Shannon, would you grab a microphone, please? Be made well. Where does well start? In allocating our time to a living Savior. But you have to slow down. and You have to pause for that to happen. I love it. When I was reading that on Shannon's door, it was born, be made well. It starts with being unhurried and unrushed. It starts with reprioritizing our life back to Jesus doing something fresh in us. This is our leader of that ministry. I, I'm going to ask you if you're comfortable. Would you, would you just lift your hands before the Lord? It, is that weird and spiritual? No, it's just a sign of surrender. In every country in the world, when someone points a gun at someone, you know what they do? I surrender without saying a word. In every country, every nation in the world, this posture, this posture, this posture is instantaneously interpreted as I surrender right now. So would you lift your hands before, let me ask Pastor Shannon just to pray over us that, that in being made well, the first step would be this, that Jesus would help you deal with the problem of hurrying over busyness in your life and help you reprioritize back to a place of allowing him fresh access to your life. Pastor Shannon. Jesus, you're such a good, kind, and faithful friend. And Lord, what we're, what we're really saying in this moment is that we want to be friends with you. We're saying we want you to be the closest friend. And you promised us, you said, I'll be the friend that's closer than a brother, mother, father, sister. And so we're here today saying that we want to know you as that friend, that friend that is closer mm -hmm. than we have known anyone else. And we know that to do that, we have to stop and we have to look at you and we have to listen and we have to ask questions and we have to let you speak to us and, and let the painful things you have to say, because sometimes what yes. you say <laughs> is a little painful, but we have to let that happen if we're going to be friends. Yes. And so, Jesus, every person that stood today, and I think probably even those who didn't stand, all of us would say, Jesus, will you be our friend? Will you be our best friend? Mm -hmm. And whatever's in the way, just like Rob mentioned marriage and friendship, whatever could be in the way of us being friends with you, we want that to be removed. And today we're recognizing it's the hurry because we can't be friends with someone we don't sit down and talk to. Yes. We can't be friends with someone we never look at. So Jesus, we want to commit to you today. We want to commit that we're going to be friends and we're going to take the steps you ask us to take to be that friend. And if it's just 14.4 minutes a day for right now, you're going to be so faithful to meet us in that 14 minutes. Yes. I'm so sure of that. You are going to meet us where we're at. 
So we surrender. We surrender our hurry and our busy because our hurry and our busy isn't healing us. It's hurting us. But you're going to heal us. You're going to restore us. You're going to refresh us. You're going to energize us. You're going to multiply our minutes and make them count because we're going to be your friend. Thank you so much, Jesus, for who you are. In your name, amen. Thank you, Shannon. Hey, just stay stunned a second. Prayer teams, as you come forward, I'll release everybody in a minute. But as Shannon was praying, um, do you need to lay something good down or to let something good go so you can actually pick up something essential? Is there something good you need to lay down? I could pray with Pastor Adam. Hey, Pastor, here's what I need to, I need to lay this. And it's a good thing. It's not sin. It's a good thing, but it's getting in the way of maybe an essential thing that God wants me to, to pick up in this season. Here in a minute when we close, please come up. If you need to do that, those who are standing or anybody else, let someone pray with you. But if you don't know Jesus today, you've never said yes to him. He's the best friend that Pastor Shannon's talking about who wants to do life with you. How do you say yes to him? Say yes. It says, if you believe in your heart and confess your life that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. How does that work? I don't have a clue. I'm not Jesus. I just know he's faithful to meet us in our pure confession in our heart. I need you, Jesus. Would you come change me? Would you transform my life? And here's my resume. And he rips it up and throws it away. And he instigates new life in us. If you've never kind of prayed something like that, you'd like to talk to someone about something, any of these people up here and myself would love to walk that through with you. We're never going to twist your arm. I'm never going to twist your arm. Jesus won't twist your arm, but he will ask you to open your heart. He will ask you to allow him in to transform and change you at the deepest of level, and he accepts all, me included. Doesn't look at our resumes, just gives us a fresh white sheet of paper and says, let's start again. So if that's you and you've never said that, to that before you have ever prayed something or talked with someone about that before, would you come see me or these people after we close today? Jesus, Dad, you're the coolest friend I've ever had. You're my best buddy in the world, yet you're my Lord and Savior. You're my Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the Lion of Judah. You're the bright and morning star. But you call me friend. Lord, today, would you come and you, would you lead and guide and direct us in everything you want us to do, however you want us to, at whatever pace you want us to do. Help us, Jesus, to live your life, not a frenzy, hurried, cultural life. Dad, we ask in your precious name, and all God's people said, amen. Hey, enjoy the snow. Enjoy your day. Please, if you need someone to pray with you, these guys would love to pray with you about something. Thank you so much.